Hello and welcome. Tonight's or today's YouTube is going to be on the importance of the narrative, re-entry re, re or release plan, and providing this plus all the other information that the probation officer has requested through your attorney from you. Have everything provided to them before you get to the pre-sentence interview, or at least one to two weeks before the interview. And there's many reasons for this. And the article that I based my LinkedIn article that I did recently was on the sentencing from sentencing law and policy there may 4th 2023 where the article dives into the importance in the law and order the timing of mitigation evidence and so to get it to get everything that is going to help you to the judge too late which is at the sentencing hearing doesn't do you any good at all and so there are many reasons why all your information which i will stress multiple times should be put together in an organized format and prepared and submitted to your probation officer one to two weeks before your interview. Probation officers are overworked and have no time. And so they actually may appreciate the effort that you've taken in providing all this information so that they can enter it more or less at their leisure into their pre-sentence pre report. So that by the time you get to the pre-sentence interview, they will know all about you. And quite frankly, they will have the option at that interview to get to know you personally. And that's the goal. So that any remaining questions they can ask of you with your attorney present, but that <clears throat> they'll get to be able to see you more humanized as opposed to the indictment, which probably describes you as one of America's most wanted. And so this is something that is critical because you don't want that indictment to be your only story that your judge is going to understand about you. You need to help the judge. And so this is the first step. And so then the narrative, along with your reentry plan, and then the probation officer has given your attorney a list of requested documents that cover your biographical background, personal identification. All of this should be provided one to two weeks before your interview so that the probation officer can begin to, as I said, enter it into their probation report, which will become the official pre-sentence report. And this pre-sentence report is under seal. And so this will affect all of your stakeholders going forward or everybody who's responsible for you until you are released from prison, released from supervised release, and quite frankly, going forward into your future. But it'll also help the judge mitigate, hopefully, your sentence. Because in that week before your interview, the week before sentencing, rather, the judges mostly have a sentence in mind. So let's continue. This, the article in question provides validation for the personal narrative, which you have to write. And it's going to take time. It's a it's an arduous task that requires self and you know to inspect your life from childhood up till this point in time as to what caused you to break the law and it needs to have everything in in this narrative about you and as you write and rewrite it it gets distilled down to something that is where you are accepting responsibility have remorse for the pain you've inflicted upon the victims and a plan for you never to come back to the courtroom again because the judge is going to ask you what are you going to do what's your plan and so your narrative with your release plan, and you want to get letters that attest to your character, 
recommendation letters, but these are different. They're letters that attest to character. So you don't want someone writing in that telling a judge what kind of sentence to give you. It should be someone that knows you for a period of time. You've done good deeds for them. Uh, it can be anyone from your, your a religious affiliation, family, friends, neighbors, but they had to have known you. It doesn't matter you know, how successful that person is in life. They just have to have known you and known your character. And this is what <clears throat> you want to have, in addition to everything else, prepared one to two weeks before the interview. And so the, in the study, they reviewed evidence about mitigating circumstances that reduce punishment, but only when it was presented before the evidence about your violation. In other words, the drug, before the judge first reads the pre-sentence report, all they have, to, if in fact you do not do anything, all their information is going to come from your indictment. And so without your narrative, it doesn't look good. Additionally, <clears throat> the probation officer has the ear of the judge. And so they, a lot of the times, will have the first input into influencing what the judge will do because they can recommend a sentence and placement. And so without your indictment, if you just have your indictment without any challenge to it via your narrative, it's going to be much harder. The indictment. Your client's story is seen through the eyes of the Department of Justice makes you look like America's most wanted. If left unchallenged, this is going to be the story of you to your future stakeholders and will also be read by the judge. Now, stakeholders, these are the people who are going to be responsible for the length of time that you will be incarcerating, turning you into a law-abiding citizen. It doesn't matter if you believe you're guilty or innocent, if I believe you're guilty or innocent, or if your family doesn't believe you should go to prison. None of that matters because after you're guilty, either via trial or plea, then this is how all your stakeholders are going to view you. And they, the stakeholders, their responsibility is to attempt to turn you into a law-abiding citizen. And a lot of that is done through the First Step Act. And through this article and others, judges have agreed that the only way that they can learn this information is from you. They need your help in understanding what happened. Judges understand across the board that crimes do not happen in a vacuum. And they're interested in what caused the person in front of them, which will be you, <clears throat> to break the law. Presenting all of the court's requested biographical background, personal identification, along with your narrative, which is your story, and your release plan, one to two weeks before the pre-sentence interview, provides the officer with the time to learn more about you before you ever meet. And while you're not going to be thinking this way, a little effort goes a long way. These officers all have large caseloads and just do not have, they don't have any time, no extra time. And so it should, should come as no surprise that some may actually appreciate the fact that you have come to the meeting prepared and provided all the information required and requested before the actual interview date. This gives them the time to fill out their probation report without being rushed. Then at the interview, as I said, the officer can take the needed time to get to know you personally, coming away from the interview where you actually appear opposite to the person characterized in the indictment. This doesn't happen by accident. This narrative can take months to write and it can be painful. But I can tell you that <clears throat> coming to terms with, if you're able to see through to the point where there were victims and 
that whatever you were doing, you maybe didn't realize it at the time, but the narrative by explaining your version without making excuses to the judge can influence the judge possibly in a in a in your favor the the narrative can be written to the judge but some judges have said in interviews that they would rather see a video um, because it's a better way for them to get an overview of your entire story or your narrative videos are about 10 minutes and if finances are tight they can be taken with a smartphone writing the narrative is an arduous and self-reflective experience you need to have truth tellers around you, meaning that you don't want people around you who are just going to tell you everything is okay and whatever you write is good because it, this needs to be rewritten three to six times at least, unless you're a great writer. And there needs to be people around you that needs to question everything that you've written because we all make mistakes. This is going to be your one and only chance in front of the judge. You should have people around you that bring out something positive in you. This is your autobiography of your life, and it's going to include the good, the bad, and the ugly, like the Clint Eastwood movie. It includes everything from childhood, your parents at home, if they got along, if parents were at home or were working, straight through, whether you went to college or you went into business, whatever happened that brought you to this decision. And enablers, people that are not willing to tell you the truth while you're writing this, which is why some enlist people who are experienced in mitigation within the federal system, but people who are enables and just make the, make you feel good for that moment, this is not going to help you in the long run because this needs to be well thought out. It's your explanation without any excuses where you've accepted responsibility, have remorse for the pain you've caused, and you haven't minimized this event at all. When writing a narrative, consider associating with people that are appropriate and knowledgeable regarding what you're going to be going through. This includes during prison and after prison. This scale, this scale goes beyond the traditional legal defense. In other words, a traditional legal defense for some attorneys does not include preparing you for prison. I was, for transparency, I had a felony conviction in 2006. 2010, I was able to get my medical license back, which is one of the reasons that caused me to transition from patient care into working with all of you because I was unprepared. And my hope is that through knowledge and preparation, you will be able to feel more confident as you prepare for your pre-sentence interview, sentencing hearing, and then enter the Federal Bureau of Prisons. At the appropriate time, just before, the, just before or after the guilty verdict in preparation for your pre-sentence report is when this should all start. In other words, as soon as you think that you're guilty or even after either after the trial or after you plea, or quite frankly, as soon as you have an attorney and if you have an epiphany at home that really you were guilty, let them know because this will wind up costing you less to defend yourself in the long run and get a better result. Those having the appropriate experiences as to what your future stakeholders are, are going to need and hear before the interview, during and after, incar after incarceration will help you ultimately prepare successfully to reenter society. The probation officer and judge are your first two stakeholders. And as I stated, stakeholders, they're responsible for everything that you do once you are incarcerated until you're off supervised release so that they're seeing incremental improvements or improvements in your criminal tendencies. And this is a big thing, especially with the First Step Act now.
So the categories that are included that go into the narrative, a lot of them will come from, or majority from, U.S. Code 3553, but will include in the narrative the nature of the circumstances. Here you want to describe, why did you do this? How did you get involved? What was your involvement? And you should, you should in check, once you get the first version of the completed pre-sentence interview back, make sure that it's correct and it reflects your involvement. History and characteristics. Here you want to include your remorse, accepting responsibility, understanding that you have victims and that you've ruined their lives. Were there any traumatic events in your past? And then include details. Show the client or show the court rather what your plan is not to come back if you have one. And you know you should be. You should also, where there is positive or negative family life, go through that. What has this experience taught you? Did it bring up you know, in thinking about when you're writing a narrative, <clears throat> did it bring up moments from your past? Was there a trigger that caused this event? What was the trigger? And how do you remove that trigger from your life? Include the good things that you've done and explain with examples. And this is done with these letters that attest to your character. You may want to have one or two letters to the character, to, attesting to good character that you include before you get to the pre-sentence interview that is given with all the other information so that they can include that into their report and ultimately the pre-sentence report. And then your attorney, if there are many letters, can just mention in their sentencing memorandum, making reference to those letters and letting the judge know that they also all are attached uh, through, the pre through the probation officer at the end of their pre-sentence report. If you've gone ahead, let's say there was a, if, some sort of substance abuse, or you've attempted to improve yourself before the pre-sentence interview, before sentencing, or whenever you have done it on your own, and you started taking rehabilitation type of courses or classes in Narcotics Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, Gambling Anonymous, or therapy sessions for whatever reason, you want to make sure that you have hard copy of letters attesting that you either took those classes that the probation officer knows this before the pre-sentence interview, and that if the, you were in therapy for whatever the issue was, that you have actually letters from or treatment plans from your psychologist, psychiatrist, so that they are also included. If you've done any volunteering before your pre-sentence interview, and definitely if there's a lot of time before you're between guilty and then your sentencing hearing, don't let the judge know that you're home watching television. You want to be volunteering, maybe trying putting some money, some money away for restitution. Maybe you've had a job and working and you're taking, even though you may owe hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars by putting away $25 a week, at least uh, into a small little bank account. And then bringing that with you to the sentencing hearing can go a long way. If your professional license is lost, or at least has to be suspended, include how uh, this is going to result in a loss of a profession that you've loved, a career and income. And, but you're still looking for other options because incarceration, prison's temporary. I mean, eventually you're going to get out. And so the goal is, what are you going to do? It's, it's hard to start planning for what you're going to do at the end of the sentence before you even begin the sentence. But this is part of strategic planning. And so in addition, you want to include your family his familial history. Parents, if they're alive, if you have children, you have responsibilities, your sole caregiver, your physical condition. You have, if in fact, there's a question here. You need to be medically documented. If you have, for example, bad back, bad hip, knees, shoulder, or you have tinnitus or ringing ear, all of this should be noted into your, into the medical portion 
of what the information you're giving because this could keep you out of an upper bunk. If you have a diabetic with vascular disease, Raynaud's, this may allow you to wear sneakers instead of wearing shoes with steel-toed boots, which may not be the best for a diabetic at all, no matter what is in the BPOP, uh, what they've written. If should your toe rub through to the steel toe in the boot, this can become a problem. We go into more detail here with all your medical records, labs, diagnostic tests, surgery reports, x-ray, CT, MRI, PET scans. These can be in CD or flash drive. Prescriptions for medication. You should have made, if you're taking medication, make sure that you, your attorney, your physician has reviewed all the generics of the medications available and that you have taken the drug formulary list from online from the Federal Bureau of Prisons and shared it with your physician so that the medications that you need will be available. And if they're not available, you need to get your attorney and the physician involved. Hopefully they're willing to write a separate affidavit or note, if you will, and appear at your sentencing hearing. Substance abuse, alcohol, drugs, legal or illegal. It only applies if you were, if you were using these substances within the 12 months prior to the arrest. But the drug program can get you one year off your sentence. And so if you started these programs ahead of time, these need to be included with verification in all the information you give to the probation officer in that one to two week period before you all meet. And so if you're taking Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, even Gamblers Anonymous, or a sex therapy type program, all of this should be included in all that information. Education, you need to have copies of the highest education level you have achieved. Otherwise, if you don't, even if you're a lawyer or a physicist, they're going to think that you know, you're going to have to take your GED once you get there. If you have great experience with computers, don't include it. I wouldn't think that'd be a great thing to do. If you have your GED and you're interested in college, well, great. Starting this July 2023, the Second Chance Pell Education Grant is now available. And you can see for, uh, for a list of participating colleges and universities, just Google Second Chance Pell Education Grant online. It was set a motion during the Biden-Harris administration, and you want to check either write letters on your own or have family members check in with each university and see what goes into qualifying for that grant. If you're an entrepreneur and you've had businesses all your life or you've been in self-employed, okay, think about creating a course. Because if you can create a course, at first it'll make your stakeholders in prison, your case manager, counselor, all look better. But you'll also be, it's something you're doing to help others, which is your way of kind of helping victims, if you will. Military, you have copies of all of your, of whatever branch you're in, discharge, type of discharge. Employment, the Bureau of Prison, the probation officer will check and judges like and love a good work record history. Further, if you have an employer who's willing to give you a, a character letter saying they wouldn't hire, hire you after you're released, that's a good thing. And then your statement of all your financial records, you're going to need don't try and fool the probation officer or the court. Be upfront and candid with everything that you have financially. And then once you're getting ready to go to prison, you need to mention to the probation officer that you know that the Federal Bureau of Prisons has a financial responsibility program and that you want to be able to uh, participate in that program and bring that up also at sentencing because it's going to be required for you to be able to benefit towards get those earned time credits towards early release. And so why your narrative release plan is critical component of your pre-sentence report. Taking weeks to months to complete 
This can result in a disfilled version of yourself, which is honest and pure. You feel remorse. You've accepted responsibility. And you've identified with the victims of the crime you perpetrated. The resulting narrative or your story is quite the opposite of the DOC's indictment of you, where you sounded like America is most wanted. If you have all this information organized, checked for accuracy before your pre-sentence interview, and you've practiced your allocution with the court, with your attorney or with someone else, then you've done a great job. Additional information of all that you can have copies of all your personal identification and biographical background. This is going to include, but not limited to, if you have detainers out there, you and your attorney, specifically your attorney, needs to get find out where they are, who they are, and get them put the rest. Divorce decrees, copies of financial records. We've gone through school diplomas, any diplomas or certificates you had for trade or occupations, marriage certificates, naturalization papers, draft cards, car registration, military discharge certificate, birth certificate, immigration papers, a passport, employment verification, pay stubs, if you will, character letters, <clears throat> military disability information, income tax reports for the last six, three years or more if requested, outstanding <clears throat> detainers, if they are, try and get them resolved. Proof of residence, receipts, property, mortgage papers, et cetera, uh, copies of your, if you're a renter, professional papers, copies of your social security card, driver's license, birth certificate, and medical records, which we've gone through. Records of all your hospital, surgical, pathology resort, blood tests, copies of x-ray, MRI, CT, PET scans, EKG, EEG reports, again, on flash drive or CD, along with prescriptions for all your medications and medical devices. And so, this is why I've done the report or the the this YouTube because the fact that this the the journal on sentence law and policy has taken the time to do their report on this topic is on May 4th, 2023, just brings to light from another source how important your narrative is. Don't let any judge tell you, not judge, don't let any attorney tell you it's not needed or it's not important or it's no big deal or they know the judge and everything will be okay. Trust but verify, as President Reagan said, I hope you found this helpful and I'm grateful you've taken the time to listen. Have a good day.